welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me on the line as usual again this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter is the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he also contributes match reports and other stories to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. Another busy weekend of cup action last week. Um, so Wakefield Trinity, my side, progress against Warrington, but another poor weekend for the Rhinos, Peter. It was, yeah, fantastic result for Wakefield, though. I think we should let you uh, go first this week, um, so you can talk about that. I think dro- being drawn away to Warrington was uh, very tough for uh, the mighty Trin, but um, they did the job again for the second week running. Funny, isn't it? They'd gone eight years without winning yeah. at um, the Halliwell Jones, and, and like buses, two come along at once. They have a league win. Um, in the previous Super League round and then went back and uh, repeated the feat in the Challenge Cup. Um, real eye-catching performance. They, um, they're they playing some good stuff at the moment. Mason Lino in very good form for Wakefield. And I don't think Wigan will, um, will fancy going there in the quarterfinals of the Cup, which is a week on Sunday. Um I was reading some stuff on social media by by uh, Wigan fans saying that they were hoping Warrington would win because it would give them an easier game. All right, <laughs> the draw having been made, um, having been made on the Saturday before Wakey went to Warrington. I'm not sure that's the case, but um, they certainly won't fancy going to Bellevue. And um, Wakefield always give them a good game there, so I think there's every chance Wakey could get to the semi-final. This year, then it'd be nice if they um, if they drew Castleford in the semi-finals, and we'd be guaranteed a team from our patch getting to um, to Tottenham. Of course, it's not at Wembley this year. Yeah. Um, also, a good win for Cass, as you've mentioned, against Leeds, who were dreadful again, um, beaten forty sixteen, and that was a fair reflection of the way the cup tie went. I thought Castleford, who got some players back, were excellent. They've always looked this season like they've got points in them, but they've not been able to defend against Leeds. They defended very well and um, they took the chances and Leeds just just couldn't keep them at bay. Um, the Rhinos had a, a decent 10-minute spell after half-time and then let Cass off the hook with a, an intercept try, which just about summed up Rhinos' season. They had yet another Symbony. Brad Dwyer, his second, so he's banned for this week's game against Saints. It was just another tale of woe, really, from the Rhinos' point of view. Um, haven't scored a point in the first half of each of the last two home games at Headingley, and they play St Helens this week. Um, a lot of people saying that one should be played on the cricket pitch so they can use their scoreboard. Um, I think that's a fear if Leeds don't. <laughs> play a lot better than they have been doing, they could get absolutely routed. But let's just hope from Moreno's point of view, there's some sort of reaction this week. Jamie Jones, McCannon's have an extra week to work with them as interim coach. And um, they just need to step up, step up and show what they're capable of because, as I keep saying, I think this is a decent Leeds team. They're just playing badly. And um, so far, there's no sign of them snapping out of it. But they're going to have to get their act together pretty soon, or um, they're going to be um, 
they're going to find themselves in a relegation battle with Toulouse and Castleford, who are the two teams below them in the table at the moment, beaten on Friday. If Leeds don't beat St Helens, and they're probably not going to, Leeds going to be second from bottom off the table with a quarter of the season gone. And that's a, a really serious situation to be in and one nobody expected. So um, a lot of concern are heading there, I think, at the moment. But on the flip side, Castleford are improving and um, Wakefield are, are starting to starting to show some really good form under Willie Poaching. So um, so that's a positive from, um, from West Yorkshire's point of view. Yeah, a great result again for Wakey. Um, regular listeners will know that one of my dreams in rugby league is to see Wakefield get to Wembley. We're <laughs> probably typical this year if Wakefield got to Tottenham rather than Wembley, but <laughs> they'd still be going to London, which is the main thing. There'd still be a day out and a, and a, and a piece of silverware at the end of it. And I might have to wait a bit longer for Wembley, but I'd happily accept Tottenham. As we've said a couple of times on here, it's, it looks a superb ground and and it's a, a one-off occasion, isn't it? Which also, uh, you know, an, another bit of history to make on top of actually getting there again, the fact that you played in the, the Tottenham Challenge Cup final rather than a Wembley Cardiff or wherever one. <coughs> Excuse me. But yeah, again, uh, on on Sunday, wasn't it, Wakefield? Um, I haven't got Premier Sports, so I, I had to rely on updates and then uh, watch the highlights later. But, you know, early on, getting the notifications through on my phone that Wakey was 12 nil down, quick sticks, weren't they? And beginning to think, well, we had our turn last week, really. And, and ultimately, although the Cup's a nice dream, it, it, staying in Super League is Wakey's number one objective. But then the other alerts came through, obviously saying that they got back in the game and taken the lead. And then there seemed to be a long period of silence before the full-time score came through. But... Uh, looking at the highlights early on, it looked like Warrington really would run away with it. They cut through a couple of times and scored a couple of nice tries. But Wakefield plung on in there and, and came back with some good ones of their own. And as you say at the moment, they really are playing some nice rugby. And some of the young players that are coming into the team as well are really making a difference. Um, I saw on Twitter somewhere, describing Mason Lino as the best half-back in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment, uh, which uh, maybe not quite that, but he's certainly one of the most informed. There's, there's no doubt that he's getting Wakefield to play and he's getting them round the field. And just one of those really cool half-backs that you see in rugby where he seems to have ages on the ball. You know, if you were watching him in the crowd, you'd be screaming, pass it, pass it. But he... he he just holds his pass till the right moment or his kick and, uh, you know, rightly man of the match again, I think, for the second week running. Warrington certainly won't want to be seeing him again in the near future. But again, some nice teamwork, some nice team tries uh, and and great to see. You know, Willie, when he first came in, he, he kind of, Wakey got the new manager bounced, didn't they? And they got, you know, he kept them up quite comfortably in the end and turned them around. But, then this season, you wonder at the start, maybe, you know, that that effect has worn off and it's it's going to be a season of struggle. But again, as we've said several times on here, most of the games Wakey have played this season, uh, you know, they've been in in with the only real towel in the gut, ironically, was from the Rhinos, wasn't it? But even then, at, at the end, Wakey did run in a few points uh, and, you know, they didn't give up. They, they kept on playing and, and they got the rewards. 
And, and if you say now the next game against Wigan in the cup, uh, you, you'd have to fancy Wakey again in a one-off game. Wigan are one of those teams that always seem susceptible in those kind of one-off games, and especially coming to Bellevue. And if Wakey can obviously keep their form up by beating Salford this week, and then they'll go into that game full of confidence. I'd expect a tight game, uh, but even so, I think that you know Wakey have a really good chance there. And uh, again, Warrington still are trying to settle in under Daryl Powell, aren't they? They're not quite playing the way Daryl wants them to yet from reading his comments after the Wakefield game. He was obviously very unhappy, but I do think for what it's worth that they should stick with him. And I think that given time, they will come good. I said to someone at the weekend, Daryl's one of those coaches where I think if his team get one or two wins, they're capable all of a sudden of winning 10 or 10 games out of 12 maybe. And, People are looking back and saying, what crisis? But I, I do agree that they do need to start winning soon. You know, they, they spend a lot of money and have some world-class players on their books and, and they certainly won't uh, settle for a poor season at the HJ Stadium. And again, with the, the Leeds and Cass game, I, I had to rely on highlights. I wasn't able to see the game live, but first half Leeds were absolutely dreadful, weren't they? The Castleford just seemed to score at will. Um Noticed Jonathan Davis uh, described the Leeds defence as an absolute joke at one bit, and I don't, I don't think anyone could argue with that. They just didn't seem up for it at all. And, you know, the new manager bounce we talk about and we'd hope for under Jones, this certainly didn't happen there. Although that's not to say, as, as you've pointed out, another full week in training this week where he can get his message across better um, might stand Leeds in better stead. But it looks like it will get harder before it gets easier at home to Saints. But Again, we saw Saints lose to Toulouse the other week and Leeds, again, more than capable of beating Saints if they if they actually turn up. They've certainly got decent players, um, but they've just got to, to change their attitude. I mean, chatting to a friend who, over the weekend and saying, there doesn't, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Peter, but there doesn't really seem to be any signals coming out of Leeds there's anything seriously wrong there, does there? I know that obviously Richard has gone and felt he couldn't do any more, but, uh, you know, it just seems to be that they're just right out of form and, and, and no, nobody seems to be able to snap that at the moment. Well, I think that's I think that's right. I don't think this is a bad Leeds team. When they were struggling in 2016 and 2018 and early in 2019, the, the team wasn't good enough. But yeah. I think this team is good enough. They're just none of them are playing well. No, um, some of them are playing not as poorly as others, but but everybody is basically out, out of form, and I'm not quite sure how you how you solve that. They um, no one seems to know what is causing it or what's what exactly is going wrong. I mean, there are issues obviously that they have to deal with discipline being being a huge one. You can't afford to play with twelve players on such a regular basis and Leeds are losing players to um, to suspension every week. I think it's a total of 13 matches suspensions yeah. they've had um, so far this season. So that's something they need to, to sort out. But this team is capable of being a, a lot more disciplined. They weren't giving away penalties in pre-season. Um, they didn't give away many penalties in round one against Warrington, albeit they had someone sent off and someone sin bin. Um, they're just capable of a lot more than they're, they're showing. And I don't know how they're going to reverse this 
form slump. I understand there's no particular hurry to appoint a new coach, Gary Hetherington, the chief executive, heading to um, Sydney this weekend after the game against St Helens, and he's going to speak to potential candidates out there. But he's he's not putting a timescale on it. He says the most important thing is to get the right man, which I think is true. But they also can't afford to leave it too long, or it could be a, an irretrievable situation, certainly this season. Um, so these are, are worrying times for Leeds. But I've talked to the players quite a lot, and there doesn't seem to be a problem in the dressing room. I can't see any factions. Um, the, the spirit seems to be pretty good. The players get on, as far as I can tell. So I don't. I just don't know what is causing this this poor form. Um, looking at the Warrington game, that I thought Corey Hall scored an absolutely belting thing yeah. yeah. try. And this is somebody who was was at Leeds for um, for a couple of years, and he played. A, a small handful of games, but wasn't really getting an opportunity. He's gone to um, he's gone to Wakefield, who paid a bit of a fee for him. Um, he's getting in the team basically, or he was getting in the team because Bill Tupu's out injured. But he looks every bit like a Super League player. This is someone that that Leeds have let go, and um, and he's really thriving in a different environment. And that, I think that's a a bit of a worrying sign for Leeds, really. You know, why aren't they able to get that sort of thing out of their own young kids? Yeah. Um, it's tough for the young kids at the moment. Um, youngsters can come in at an early age and do well. I see we saw that from Morgan Gannon, for an example, who, um, who at just 17 proved himself a Super League player and he's going to be a very big talent in the future. But, I know some people are saying, well, the, the senior players aren't aren't doing it, don't look interested, let's give the kids a go. But you can't just throw half a dozen young players into a tough situation like this. It's not going to work. Um, you can maybe bring one or two in to a, a team that's struggling, but but not. you can't make wholesale changes like that. Um, so I don't think that's the answer, giving people like... Um, I've seen some fans saying bring Jack Sinfield into the halves because the, the two star halfbacks they've got aren't performing. But he's 17. You can't put that much pressure, I don't think, on a young, untested player. He needs um, he needs more time to learn and to settle in and, and to develop his game. And he needs to, to go into the team when he's ready, not just because um, other people aren't doing their job. Um, they've changed the coach. They can't realistically make wholesale changes to the team. They might be able to bring one or two players in. That's what they've done when they've been in this situation in the past. Remember way back in 1996, they signed David Hume from Widnes and that was a key signing in the battle against relegation in 2016. Uh, James Seguiaro came in in 2018. They, they signed various people, Dom Crosby and one or two others which didn't work out as well in 2019 they brought in the likes of Reese Martin and um, Rob Louie so there may be a possibility of bringing some players in but I'm, that isn't necessarily the problem this time it's not that the players in the team aren't good enough they're just not playing well enough and I don't know how you solve that Yeah I, I, I agree Peter I think um 
you know, I, I always like to see a young player given a chance and fans obviously always like to see players that their club has produced um, making the first team, <laughs> excuse me, regardless of, of which sport it is, doesn't it? Not, not all fans like to see homegrown heroes, but um, I don't think I agree with you in that you can't have five or six in a team. You may get one exceptional or two exceptional players in a generation like a Morgan Gannon or a Sean Edwards who's capable of playing first team rugby at 17 and not looking out of place and still being as good and if not better 10 years down the line. But it doesn't always work and, and young players go in and out of form and their bodies are still developing and some of them pick up an injury that they can't shake off or they maybe lose a bit of interest after the original or the, the initial burst of, of enthusiasm and sometimes have to move somewhere else to find their feet again before before you know finally achieving the true potential that everybody could see in them uh, and i mean ho- excuse me Corey hall at wake is a good pointing hand isn't it he is the sort of player wake he did he used to sign at one time particularly in the early days of super league they get maybe <clears throat> i remember when gareth ellis left and, and a couple of others, I think we brought Ryan Atkins in at one time where, or Kyle Amar, you know, players who maybe on the fringes of the first team at a bigger club uh, come to Wakey and make a name for themselves and then move on back up to the next level in inverted commas a bit further down the road in their careers. And, um, you know, Lewis Murphy was another player, didn't he scored a good try as well for Wakey on Saturday, didn't look out of place in the absence of Tom Johnston. So there are opportunities there, but again, there's the added pressure of playing for a club like Leeds Rhinos. At Wakey, maybe you can afford to have the odd bad game and be more in the background and, and, and be given more time. You know, maybe if you if you make a couple of mistakes, you can drop out the team for a couple of weeks and come back in. There isn't really that luxury at teams like Leeds, is that, you know, that, that people expect magic overnight, really. You know, oh, if he's good enough to play once for Leeds, he's good enough to play 50 times. And that, that doesn't always work either. Uh, and as you say, puts additional pressure on players at an age when they don't really need it. But, it, it, you know, as an outsider looking in, it's a, it's a really interesting situation there at Headingley at the moment and how they're going to solve it. I mean, as you say, Gary might fly back from Australia with a new coach and a couple of new signings or... He might decide to go with somebody closer to home. Uh, but you often think as well at this time of the year that maybe players that are being brought in, not, not every time, but you know, clubs have got settled sides for this season and you'd wonder why they were, willing, you know, if he's not good enough for X, then why should he be good enough for Lee Drynos kind of thing? Um, but it uh, be interesting to see how it goes. I, I must admit, I'm quite surprised when I, when I saw that Gary was heading out to Oz under no particular time scale for, for an appointment, etc. Because I, I would think, as an, out, an outsider, that Leeds needs someone ASAP. You know, as you say, when you look at the table, uh, Cass have got to lose this weekend, so you'd imagine one of those will go to four points. And Wakey have got Salford, um, which will either take one of those to six or eight points. So... You know, again, it's just creating that little bit of a gap and it's another week without a win, you know, assuming that Leeds do lose to Saints and, you know, there's nothing to say that Leeds won't beat them because generally when a team's at its lowest and gets written off and they have a point to prove, particularly in front of their own fans, they do. But you just have to say on the hard facts of it and, and the form 
and everything that's gone on so far this season, you would expect St. Helens to win that game. Um, and obviously they'll be smarting themselves from losing to Toulouse, so that they won't, uh, you know, they'll be wanting to get back on the horse, as, as we say today, as soon as possible as well in the league. So they're not going to make it easy for Leeds either. So, you know, an interesting few weeks and uh, obviously something we'll be keeping across uh, as and when things develop there at Headingley. And uh, say just looking ahead to this weekend, uh, Castleford and Toulouse um, should be a good one. You'd, you'd fancy cast there, I would think, at home. You know, Toulouse coming in on the back of a win, but Castleford certainly... Were impressive, you know, as bad as Leeds were, it'd be unfair to say, you know, Cass did play really well, didn't they? This, they fashioned some nice tries and they, they kind of weathered that Rhinos fight back early in the second half. And then uh, when Leeds were pushing the game, they just got that intercept try, as you said earlier, uh, which took them clear again. Uh, but, you know, certainly, obviously getting to play the way that Lee wanted. And it's, it takes a while to get the message across, obviously, but... Uh, Things look to be falling into place for them now. And yeah, they'll beat they'll beat Toulouse. Seventies um, night, Matt Castleford on. All oh, right. On Friday. Yeah, I'm <laughs> not going to make the obvious joke. Um, <laughs> they they they'll beat Toulouse. I don't think Toulouse are going to win many games away from home, if any, yeah. this year. But I think the fact that they're going to have home advantage and it's going to be baking hot for a few games. So. In the south of France this summer, I would expect them to win a few at home, maybe. So that that makes them dangerous. But the, I saw them against um, Wakey the other week, and they were I, they weren't very good. Um, no. they, they, I just don't think they've got a, a a good enough squad to stay in Super League. That said, you know that you can't compare to lose a squad to Leeds, I don't think, but. At the moment, Leeds are in even worse form, but I, I think Castleford will be um, to lose probably quite convincingly. Um, I think Wakey will beat Salford. Yeah. Um, Salford a bit unpredictable, but um, they weren't very good against Wigan in the Cup last week. They did play pretty well in patches against Leeds the week before in Super League, um, but the way where can you go in? You can never tell with Wakefield, as, as you know, which that anything could happen. But I, I think they're in good enough form to beat um, to beat Salford. Um, and, you know, on the day, Leeds could beat St Helens. But if I was betting my last penny on it, I wouldn't, wouldn't be backing Leeds in that one. Um, so... They're going to be even further adrift. Yeah. Of um, certainly of the the top six race, but I say I think at the moment the the bigger concern is getting away from the, the foot of the table, and I'm not just not sure when the next one's going to come from from the rhinos. Um, just while we're on, I'd like to mention a couple of other things. Um, congratulations to Featherston who put up a fantastic fight in the south of France against Catalans. Yes. Who were um, one of the form teams. In Super League, they were beaten 27-14, but they were in front until about 15 minutes to go. They led 10-0 early on, um, and that's a, a terrific effort. And I think it will give 
Um, Feather's still a lot of confidence that um, if and when they get promoted at the end of this season, they're, they're going to be able to hold their own against um, some teams in Super League. Um, I've just got the fix. The, the crowds in front of me from last weekend's cup matches. Um, Barrow against Huddersfield, 3,135, which for Barrow is very good for him. Yeah. The championship team. Catalans against Featherstone, 3,624. Not good. Hawke against Lee, that's Super League against Championship, 3,088. Leeds against Castleford, 5,112, which is the leader's lowest attendance for a game against Super League Club for, um, I think, since 1996. Um, Sheffield against Hull, which has played at Featherstone, 1,039. Warrington against Wakefield, 2,627. Um, no tenders given for Whitehaven versus St. Helens, but that looked a good occasion. There was a lot there. And 6,005 for Wigan against Salford. So that was the uh, the biggest of the weekend. Well, that's poor, isn't it? It is. Um, when you've got Leeds getting 5,000, don't wait for a, a televised game. But it was only 15 quid to get in, so I think that. They made an effort to attract fans. Um, Warrington getting less than 3,000 again for a televised game, but even so, that's a concern, I think, for the sport. And yet again, we're, we're seeing the Challenge Cup just isn't igniting people's, um, capturing people's imagination. I think that is um, that's a concern for the sport going forward. And um, the last news I'd like to mention from this week is Courtney Winfield Hill, Leeds Rhinos, Australian-born captain and half-back. She's qualifies for England on residency, and yeah. she's uh, been named in the England training squad ahead of this year's Women's World Cup. I um, think it's fantastic news. She's a, a fabulous player. Is um, is Courtney one of those people who, who just is successful at everything? She played. Um, Cricket for uh, Queensland in Australia before moving to England. Um, she's a very talented all-round sports person. And I think she's going to bring a lot of enthusiasm and experience to the England World Cup squad. So uh, congratulations to her. Yes, let's hope that uh, some of her magic can rub off on the England team. And also, you know, as you say, very experienced and top draw player can only help improve our players um, learning alongside her and playing alongside her. So uh, welcome aboard, Courtney. And, and, and just finally, just going back to the crowds, Peter, I must admit this weekend I didn't really check. I could see from the TV highlights that none of the crowds were particularly big. And I think it leads, in fairness to Castleford Tigers, they'd bought a fair few there, hadn't they? It, it, it struck me in that, in the away end, that I, I sort of thought to myself as I was watching the highlights, well, People in Cass are still interested in the cup, even if no one else is. Um, but I don't, I don't know what they can do. Well, exactly how what to put your finger. You can only assume. Obviously, people aren't interested, but are they not interested because they think their team, like Awake or whatever, has no chance of getting to Tottenham or Wembley, or do they just, if they support Saints or one of the inverted commas bigger clubs, do they just think well? We'll get to the semis anyway and we'll turn up for that. And then if we get to the final, we'll turn up for that. But we're not going to go through the rounds and travel up to Whitehaven or across to Warrington or over to Hull or whatever. Um, 
you know, I'm glad that obviously Barrow made have made a few pounds out of it. And as you say, I think the Whitehaven game was well sold on a, the chance for Cumbrians to see a, a Super League team up there. Um, but overall, worrying, you know, I mean, as you say, if clubs have made the effort to uh, cut prices and try and attract people, uh, in the, the Waker game is on Premier, but you would assume that not everybody has got Premier anyway. It's not like Sky or the BBC, is it? I'm not saying everybody's got Sky either, but uh, more would have that than Premier, you would imagine. But uh, I really don't know. I don't. I genuinely don't know what the answer is. So maybe any listeners might have their theories on why the Challenge Cup just doesn't create any a- a- excitement anymore. I'm, I'm quite sure, for an example, if Wakey did get to Tottenham, you wouldn't be able to get a ticket for love and money. Um, from all the people who would want to go again and reminisce about the good old days. But how many of them would then go down to Bellevue on a regular basis is another matter altogether. It is worrying and and it's a shame. You know, it's a, a famous famous competition, not just in rugby league, but in world sport, isn't it? You know, everybody knows what the Challenge Cup's about and the day out at Wembley and everything. So uh, hopefully there may be a change of view one day. And on that note, Peter, I think uh, we'll call it the draw there for this week. Thanks again for your comments and insight. Um, just uh, my weekly reminder that you can get the very latest rugby league news from Pit- Peter's Twitter handle, if I can speak, at Peter Smith YEP, or the Yorkshire Evening Post and Yorkshire Post generic uh, Twitter accounts at YP Sport and at YEP Sports Desk, and also. The very latest news on the website at leadsnews.co.uk where you can also get um, copies of this podcast and previous shows as well. Um, this podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple and Anchor and other platforms. And uh, grateful to everyone who listens. But for now, we'll leave it there and hopefully we'll be back soon.